0: You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a woman's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast. I'm sitting here with a good friend, Anthony Strayhorn. He's a holistic personal trainer and lifestyle coach who explores how to cultivate chi or kundalini within the body using flexibility, strength, and cardio. Anthony, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, conscious relationships. That's kind of our topic for today. Okay. So, Anthony and I have been talking about uh, conscious relationships for quite a while. Uh, we did a few authentic relating trainings, and Anthony is in an open marriage. And this is so intriguing for me because I was in an open relationship in 2018, and it was the hardest thing and the best thing. For my spirituality, for my consciousness, for my learning how to stay unattached while learning how to unconditionally love. But it also brought up a lot of emotions like jealousy and possession and anger and all of these things that I had to work through. So I am so curious to hear about your journey into an open marriage and how that was during the dating process and how that is as you're working through it now.
1: Yeah, well, I would say it really started in my previous relationship as it relates to the foundation, what inspired me to want to create a relationship that allowed me to live very openly, very authentic to what I understood myself, or as I understand myself, to be in this current life I'm in, and so my last relationship, I attempted to be very open and vulnerable with my girlfriend at the time about a sexual experience I had with a previous um, lover who was a close friend of mine. And when I told her or revealed that experience with her, she said that she did not ever want to hear about anything like that. You know, she didn't want to hear about that. She'd rather not know. And, you know, for her, it was more like, I'd rather just not know about it. And, you know, just, not know about the Mm -hmm. women you've been with or the kinds of relationships you had in that way. If they're involving more than one woman, she'd rather just not know about it. So anyway, that was that. And deep down, I just felt like that just doesn't feel very aligned. It just felt um, disempowered. I didn't feel very um, like I could, like I could really be who I wanted to be with her. And so, yeah. So in the relationship, I,
0: almost like you were hiding a part of yourself or yes what? yeah Yeah. like
1: a, like a part like of me why was, is
0: this keeping a secret
1: yeah like it was just it wasn't I wasn't as transparent with her yeah. because I felt like if I was truly transparent with her then she would reject me mm-hmm. and that it would just not be the relationship that I would want to have with her
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: so fast forward from that um we broke up in 2012 and so we we got together in 2009 broke up in 2012 we were together for 3 years and upon us breaking up i made a commitment to myself that the next relationship i get in i'm going to have someone that is has an open mind to having more than just one partner
0: you just made that decision what what was it that situation that inspired it where she was closed off or it just built up to the point where you're like not only do I want to tell you about my past partners, but I want to be open with other people.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna say, okay. So backtrack even more. I've always felt like, even as a young child, as a young child, this felt like this openness and this, in this curiosity towards, you know, having a whole bunch of different friends and being able to express myself and have fun and be engaged with multiple different people in different ways. And I it didn't, it didn't dawn on me. It didn't dawn on me until later when I was a teenager that I really liked to have more than one female friend in my life, female friends. And that then turned into um, sexual intimacy as well. And so I always felt, and I still do always felt like having just one partner forever, forever and ever, Mm -hmm. wasn't something that just really resonated with me, like down to my soul fibers. Yeah. And so that was just what I felt, you know, was my truest, authentic expression. Yeah. So I wanted to explore that, and I wanted to have a partner that was open to that, would be willing to, um, that would be willing for themselves too, not just for me. I didn't want a partner that just wanted to explore the lifestyle or be in a shit like that, just for me. I wanted them to have that for themselves too. So yeah,
0: like someone who is on the same page. Someone's
1: on the same page. Someone that is interested in that. Yeah. And that's a, that was a deal breaker question, mm,
0: you know? Yeah, totally. That's yep. yeah. Cause that's, especially in the deep South it's definitely not as popular as it is out in California.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or just other pockets of the world. Yeah. Where people, you know, have practiced, you know, non-monogamy or a polyamorous relationship. And so going to 2013 when I met my my girlfriend at the time, wife now, Erica Jane Um, She, we, we, had a conversation. We were about a month into dating, and about a month into dating, I was like, okay, well, seems like it's a great relationship. It's going well. Let's let let's have some deal breaker uh, discussions here. <laughs> so we had those discussions. Deal
2: breaker discussions. Yeah,
1: we. It was just like I don't want to, you know, drag it on if this doesn't, you know, if I don't feel like it's going to really be fully aligned yeah. with who I am. So. And I typically make that, I typically have this discussion with people that I'm interested in, in carrying on a more long-term relationship with in mm-hmm. terms of like, even just a friendship, I want them to know that part of me, Yeah. you know? Not because I, that's like, there's some underlying motive behind it, but it's just people can fully understand my full, like, self. Yeah, your
0: essence. My essence, Your expression. My
1: expression. Everything about me is, yeah. all has roots in that. Totally. So that part of me, who I am. So... Um so anyway, we had a discussion around that and she told me she was interested in that for herself as wow. well and I was like, okay, that's great. And then we had a um a series of other questions too that were dealing with questions and there is I mean there's a lot more history after that. So <laughs> um So, yeah, that's. And
0: she was on the same page. She was basically like, this is what I want too. And she had explored it in the past or no?
1: She hadn't explored it in the past, but she said that she would be interested. She's interested in it, Mm -hmm. but she thought about having that experience after we got married and been married for a few years. And I I just brought up the idea of having our relationship start from that place versus trying to weave it into. Our relationship, late years down the road, mm-hmm. I just yeah. felt like the foundation of creating a relationship that is you know, non-monogamous,
2: like right from the open beginning. from the beginning is yeah. That I really think that's more effective,
1: yeah, because then you have to like reprogram and like redo a lot of wiring in your mind around things, and that could be challenging. You know, relationships are challenging anyway, but that's that's the, the challenge is actually a beautiful gift. To what gives your relationship its fullness. Yeah. And its fulfillment.
0: And you know, along that line, I, I think a lot of people enter a relationship assuming, making a lot of assumptions around what is acceptable and unacceptable in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you catch husbands looking at other women and the wives like slap them and they're like, <laughs> what? But there's not like clear, it's not like there's a rule book. And I think it's actually beautiful when two people come together and they almost create their own. It's like, this is what's okay. This is what's not testing those boundaries, which is honestly, that's why I entered an open relationship. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to test what's okay for myself and what's not okay. And I want to like push edges against, if if you're dancing with someone, how does that make me feel? If Mm -hmm. I'm dancing with someone, how does that make you feel? And just even exploring why I'm getting triggered by things and where those jealousy and possession types of things come up.
1: Yeah. 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 So what we did after that, so just to clarify, I'll I'll go ahead and give you a clarification. So technically our relationship is open. It is non-monogamous, but we, we actually have a different term that we've adopted to, that more accurately describes the alignment for how we operate in it. And it's called abundant love. (laughs) So abundant love is about how you create a space within your relationship that fosters healing, that fosters growth, that fosters the space to be fully authentic, fully courageous, fully bold and open that serves you both. And it also gives it also gives um, others around you in your communities the permission to be open and open in whatever way, not just sexually, but any spiritually, emotionally, mentally, socially, all those different ways. Yeah,
0: and accepting.
1: And accepting and, and, and loving. Yeah. So while we do have more than one partner that we interact with, there is a protocol, there are standards, there are guidelines that help us navigate the way in which we engage in relationships. Yeah. And – the intentions that we go into these, these different engagements with really are the critical parts that give us the most expansion and growth out of them. And so it's like we have moments where we state intentions before we mm-hmm. actually go into a sexual experience with people, yeah. with our different partners. And that's done because we want to use that energy, that yeah. sexual energy, to galvanize, to create, to attract, and to heal. Yeah. So it's not just about the pleasure aspect. That is a byproduct of it, but the core essence of it is for healing, manifestation, creation, transmutation of energy. Yeah. And using that to create more love for your family, create more love for your friends, mm-hmm. to to heal your body, to be more emotionally charged, to be more mentally sharp and to, mm-hmm. you know, have that sharpness to your body, you know. So we 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 create the space in a way so that that all that can come from that cauldron, so to speak.
0: Mm, yeah. And you were talking about how um, you guys put together kind of like this structure.
1: Mm-hmm. What does
0: that look like for you guys? Like you said, you had this like contract and all of these things.
1: Well, we have standards. So we we have, so my primary partner is, is my wife Erica. And so I have several other secondary partners. And so there are standards around communication, around Certain levels of health and wellness, certain levels of um, um, just things that values, beliefs yeah. that we are aligned with, so that there's, there's a very clear understanding about where we stand mm. in our paths that keep us aligned yeah. and that keep us in harmony with the bigger purpose of why we come together. Mm. So we're not just coming together just to have sex or just to, you know just to be fucking. Yeah, we're coming together for something bigger. You know, now do we always have every single aspect of all these different standards and guidelines in our head all the time when we're when we're together? Not all the time, but we, that's there. Actually, it's written down. We actually have Google Docs. <laughs> it's written down on Google Docs. Wow. i be open to share. And I bet more. that
0: makes the relationship stronger because it's so defined in a way. There's mm-hmm. never any question.
1: Yeah, it, it minimizes it minimizes misinterpretations. It minimizes yeah. communication breakdowns. Minimize is a keyword. Doesn't mean it doesn't come up, but
2: if, <laughs> yeah. if
1: it does come up, it's usually not because of our standards and, and guidelines and, and the protocols mm-hmm. that we have put in place. And they've, they've evolved over time. It hasn't been the same since we began, but for the most part, we've you know expanded some things and put some more context around some things or changed some things around, made some shifts. But you know, and it's done so that we can really um, adapt to how we're evolving. And seeing things different and yeah. like figuring out what works and what doesn't, you know? And there's been some things that we definitely have noticed through our relationship and our experiences. There've been a lot of breakdowns and a lot of breakthroughs.
0: I, I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> breakdowns and breakthroughs. Yeah. It's like the edge of both of them.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, you know, I, I'm curious about that because what I, when I realized after my open relationship that I actually really wanted open communication and it wasn't an open relationship, like I wanted to practice, unattachment. And so I went through, okay, what's the difference between unattachment and a commitment? Mm -hmm. Like, can you be unattached while still being committed and getting the nuances between what I actually wanted? And I came to realize that it was truly open communication that I wanted. Like I wanted to be able to express, Hey, I'm attracted to this person or, Hey, I'm not getting what I need out of this right now. And just like communicating without Mm -hmm. fearing and without being like, oh, wow, I'm going to reject him or I'm going to feel rejected. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that going forward, what I realized is I still want to create this special container that's really defined. Mm -hmm. And I don't think like an actual relationship based on other people's standards really works. You know, half of marriages end in divorce anyways. I think it's because, well, I'm not going to, Make assumptions. I think a lot of people have a hard time clearly and freely communicating mm-hmm. without fear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, fear is definitely a part of like our emotional basket of of uh, things, and it's it's going to be there sometime. And so, in our standards, we have one of our standards is that we are um, communicating in, in, in and communicating from a place of transparency and of authenticity at all times, and so that's what that's what we aim for that's what we play for does it happen a hundred percent of the time no not all the time because there's stuff that comes up you get a little like Ugh, you know <laughs> a little stuck or you get a little like i don't know if i can do it so there's the fear that comes up but the more times we have seen us leaning into those experiences
2: yeah.
1: once you get to the other side once you take that step forward you actually realize like i've actually realized like oh it's it wasn't as so-called bad or awful or Treacherous as I thought it was going to be because for me in the past, I've like created a story on why I didn't want to say something or why I would omit a certain amount of information or just not, you know, be fully open about what may have taken place or my thoughts or feelings. And yeah, that always, like, and I always say that woman's intuition is so powerful. Like, women can pick up very, <laughs> like, they can pick up the nuances of energy that's off. And so I learned that early on in our relationship, you know, when I stepped out of integrity a few times, you know, and that's, you know, I cheated a few times, and that wasn't. Oh, what do you mean?
0: How? What do you mean you cheated a few times?
1: I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't honest. I wasn't transparent with the nature of my relationship with some other women
0: because you were fearing.
1: I was fear. I was fearing that she would not be accepting of that kind of experience for me, and, and it was just like,
0: even though it was written down. Well, actually, actually,
1: before this actually happened, before we ha- had our standards, gotcha. so we were we weren't as consciously creating the relationship together. We were, but not with a, in a within a framework yeah. that we could go back to and say, okay, we said this. Oh, we wrote this down. We wrote that down. Or like this is what we said we're committed to. This is what we we said we're committed to being in. Mm. So before and this
0: framework, you actually found yourself in these situations where you are uncertain and you were fearful, fearful to communicate maybe because it wasn't fully talked about and you're like, how is she going to take this?
1: Yeah. I was still, I still had some old programming from yeah. some past experiences that I hadn't healed from or hadn't really fleshed, you know, really like gotten out on the table and dissected it and looked at it. And, you know, so those experiences created the ground for us to create our first round of standards. Yes. And our, um, our protocols. And um, it's been, it's been amazing because like now, um, you know we're like so aligned with who we are and what we do it's um it just flows naturally and occasionally we'll, we'll go back and look at our standards and and just to see where they're at and um but for the most part it's it's given us a lot of um solid foundation to build upon and um it's really exciting
0: yeah one thing that uh came up for me when I was in a, an open relationship was, um, feeling there were, there was definitely feelings of jealousy at points mm-hmm. and feelings of possession. Like as soon as we met, um, my, a, a girl came into his life at the exact same time. Okay. And a guy came into my life at the exact same time. So we were, um, living in this co-living house. He had a co-living space out in Barcelona oh, yeah. and there was like 15 people living there. And so, two people moved into the house that also, you know, were very attractive to one of them was attracted to me, one of them was attracted to him. And so, it was kind of this interesting scenario because we were just starting to talk. We went out to dinner once. And so, we actually started our relationship off of this interesting scenario. And when when she and him went out to dinner, I felt a lot of jealousy to the point where I actually realized that I liked him in that moment. And I was like, whoa, I'm feeling all this emotion. I need to communicate this. So I did, and I brought it up with him. And I was like, I'm feeling jealousy. And instead of – it was the first time that someone ever said – I thought he was going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Instead, he, he said, why are you feeling jealousy? Like, mm-hmm. why is this coming up for you? Do you feel that you have possession over me? Do you feel that you own a part of me? Mm-hmm. Do you feel that I've crossed a boundary? And I was like, that's interesting. N- no, mm-hmm. I- I- we're not actually dating. I'm just feeling this, this attachment towards you for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it brought up this whole uh, conversation around, well, what is my relationship to jealousy? Mm -hmm. What is my relationship to possessiveness? Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know if you experienced that and yours as well.
1: So ironically enough, we have like, okay. Jealousy, not from the place. Well, I don't, you have her, you have her. I have, you know, that kind of like, I want her, but, or you, she likes you, but I don't like her. So you can't have her. Not that, Not that kind of thing. It's more like it was, and Erica could probably speak to it more so for her, because she had some, but it wasn't. It wasn't like very deep. It Mm -hmm. wasn't very like.
0: So she just came into it not having any sort of jealousy. There were
1: more so just like latent, latent insecurities that came up. Yeah. Because the thing about being in a relationship that's more that's multi partner or non monogamous is that you have a lot more mirrors Mm, in a relationship that are going to reflect how you're showing up. Yeah. How you're showing up emotionally. And that's actually great because that actually can facilitate a lot of maturity Mm -hmm. and self-awareness really fast. Yeah. So that's one of the things that can really help um, as far as being in a relationship like the one that we have, Abundant Love, is that it really helps to facilitate a deeper sense of connection, too, with Mm -hmm. other people. So being in the relationship I'm in now, I've realized that my marriage has really allowed me to get deeper into my feminine and masculine
2: mm. because I've been
1: able to connect with more people more intimately and, a more, and more sacredly as well. So, so why
0: did other – because you're basically – because you're allowing yourself to get more intimate and deep with more people, you have more mirrors of your life. And, mm-hmm. and like I know that I personally grow the most mm. through relationships because mm-hmm. it's when I feel – most accepted to be myself and the sure. deepest and yeah. I can really show that person mm-hmm. all sides of me. So imagine that if you're in an open marriage, mm-hmm. you're also going deep with many people and so more things are coming up for you? Sure. A Possibly, yeah.
1: yeah. There's all there's a kind of opportunities to l- look at things that come up and sometimes you don't even see it coming up. It yeah. could be something that's triggered from <laughs> something that someone said or um, some message or anything and you have other people that you can share what's, what you're feeling and what your thoughts are about something, and they can give you some feedback or perspective on it. And so it's, it's really great in that kind of setting because I'm part of a health and fitness community where we practice this kind of living, this kind of lifestyle intentionally
2: mm-hmm.
1: for the intentions of growing, expanding, uh, creation and manifestation. Yeah. So it's this kind of experience is unique in a lot of ways, because we i use the term open it's like open but not because there is again like i was saying earlier we have certain standards it's not just we have standards or protocols that we abide by to keep to hold the space mm. so those things can happen more more from a more rich place if you understand what i'm saying so like if someone just looks great and they have beautiful smile and a great personality Okay, there is a certain threshold that we we have agreed to engage on that person. Mm. It's not like oh, you just amazing body, blah, blah blah blah. Let's just go have sex straight to it. Like no, because like there's no deep trust built. There's no conversation. There's not. There's we like to build layers.
0: It, you mean, you've agreed to only be with other people that you both are in agreement alignment yes. with, or that you're, or you're saying that you have to almost like confirm to her why this is the person that you should like that year. Yeah, all
1: that. All of that. Yeah, all, of that. Yeah. all of that because um, <laughs> all that is important because it's important that everybody's on the same page and that we're all like in agreement with why we why we're coming together and yeah. that we have some type of conversation. Like everybody knows everybody. Everybody has to hang out with each other to go th- when we're talking about like getting deeper to the deeper intimate levels, like, like intercourse or kind of linguists and fellatio, those kind of, those deeper sexual stuff, but like just hanging out, having coffee, you know, going chit chat and that kind of stuff. That's not one of the things where we have to be like, okay, well, you can only go to this, you know, that stuff is more casual. That's fine. But like, I kind of know, and she kind of knows too, when we get to a, when we're at a point with someone, we're like, I think it'd be cool to explore I think it'd be very you know, amazing to explore another side of this person or deeper have a deeper connection. And so when those conversations do come up, then we talk about it and it usually takes some time. It takes at least a year or two before we even get to a lot of those spaces with people because it's not like we look at character. We look at someone's character from a health and fitness standpoint. We don't just look at like, you know, you, you talk a great game or you you put out these very amazing, you know, vibe. I mean, that's beautiful. We love that. Like, it's awesome. But like, we want to see, we want to see a deeper side of you as well, mm-hmm. so that we know, like, we're not just getting your personality. You're not just getting the agent that yeah. shows up. You know, we want to see a full of the fullness of who you are. Yeah. And that's something, and it's not coming from a place of like, we're above you. Mm-hmm. It's just like this is a sacred space. Yeah. And it's the sexual energy is extremely powerful. Yeah. And to me, quite honest, I think it's the most powerful energy in the universe. Yeah. Because it's, it has so much power to do things that like literally build.
0: create life.
1: It can create life yeah. or take life away. Out of yeah. It too, you know, so it's a lot of things can be done with sexual energy. You can build a company, you can start a family, you know, you can, you can go into a sporting event and just feel totally, totally like weird. energized. It can be it can be transmitted in so many different ways. So it's important to have the space from which you create your sexual energy to be as you know as high vibe as you can. You you want it to be in the space where ideally where you're using it and it's being um, efficiently like channeled within yourself. You're not just like given. You're not just leaking sexual energy. but You can use that sexual energy and cultivating it into things that are going to help to sustain your life, give your give yourself more health, give yourself more vitality, give yourself more energy.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: just, it's just being mindful of the gift
0: that yeah. comes
1: with that kind of connection.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about children? Mm-hmm. Are you planning on having children?
1: Yes, you are.
0: And so what is that? How does that work when you're having children?
1: Yeah, so we have agreed as primary partners that we are only going to have children with our primary. Yeah. So that means just me and Erica are only having children. We're not at the moment we're not into the idea of having children with our secondaries.
0: Okay. But you're still going to be open when you have children. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: We we are so we're engaged like physically, sexually with other couples that have children as well. Wow. Yeah. And it's beautiful because we're almost we're like secondary parents to them as well.
0: So you know their kids and you other know their kids you're literally ingrained in their life. Yeah no way
1: yeah
0: wow i yeah i never thought about that part (laughs) it's amazing
1: it's it's really awesome because like you really kind of get down to this primal way of living like
0: tribal Tribal, literally back in the day they used to co-parent literally raise children everybody raises everybody yeah
1: and it's still going on around the world it's just you know you see it in like more rural or like you know areas of the world where it's not easy to access but people still have that and it's and it's very amazing, very balanced. You know, it doesn't mean that things don't come up, but you know, it's, I think it's our natural biological wiring to be in that kind of setting. You know, we're already wired to be in like tribes and villages and like, you know, in settings where we're always to get sharing things, sharing fruits, sharing foods, sharing resources. So I feel it's aligned deeply within our DNA that, you know, I live in this lifestyle.
0: Yeah, very cool. Very interesting. How has it developed your consciousness and your spirituality?
1: Yeah, oh man, wow. It's Like I was saying earlier, I feel a lot more in tune and balanced with my masculine and feminine energy. So I feel a lot more bold and a lot more courageous to, to express myself. Yeah. And I definitely feel um, a sense of energy, of connection with people when I talk to them. I feel a lot more purposeful. Um, and it's also because like I'm sharing energy. I'm sharing my energy with somebody, their energy sh- they're sharing their energy with me. So that, for me, enriches me. I feel mm-hmm. more enriched. I feel more fulfilled in my connection to myself. Yeah. And so it's given me a lot more, uh, it's given me a lot more meaning to why I live.
0: Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah,
1: because relationships are like the foundation for why we're here. I really feel like relationship to yourself relationship yep. to others relationship to life your job You're, your everything. yeah, yeah, so it all comes down to the relationship, that exchange of energy that you have between you and your job, you and your community you and yourself yourself and you know, your partner or whoever that is that person for you or you know the collective um, so yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, you know the one thing I'm really interested in hearing about is. It sounds like when you were able to be totally open in your expression with Erica talking around this, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that translated, know, I'm sure it had to have, to other areas of your life where then you actually felt more open and confident because of that.
1: Absolutely. absolutely, And it really, I can tell you it showed up in my confidence in doing public speaking mm-hmm. because I realized that I'm living more full. Yeah. I'm living, I have a more full expression of who I am, like all of that, like I'm living more full in my life. So mm-hmm. I, I just express this more confident and this more like real and raw and like energetic, you know, way of speaking in front of people. Because it, there's
0: less to hide. There's
1: less to hide. Right? It's not, there's not, there's There's no filters. There's no like, um, there's no mm-hmm. layers that I have to like work through to get, to the real part of who I am. You know,
0: I find that to be a pattern. The deeper I go with myself and the deeper I see leaders Mm -hmm. and the more authentic they've gone into their own truth and Mm -hmm. like the less they have to hide, the better they are at speaking, the better they are at leading, the better they are at showing up Mm -hmm. because when they get up there and they have a message, It's not like they're filtering that message. It's like, I've lived this. I'm yes. going to go into the deepest parts of what this message is. And I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. Maybe because they told that story before, or maybe it's just because they're just comfortable yep. Like speaking that truth.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think it's both, because when you're more comfortable with who you are and you're just more connected with it, you just it just channels out. You don't have to think. You don't have to read off a piece of paper.
2: Yeah.
1: Someone gives you a topic or actually to speak about something, you just flow with it. Mm-hmm. It's not something you have to rehearse. You just, you know, you're in the moment. You're in the flow. You know, flow state. <laughs> yeah, you're in that flow state, it just comes out, and you don't have to like try to, you know, think about grammar and all those other things. And like, I mean, you want to be clear and like coherent with things, but at the same time, it's like you're just flowing with it.
0: And exactly, and that is the flow state, and being in that flow and that intuition. And being in that, like, feminine is all about the sacral chakra. And Mm the sacral chakra rules sensuality, creativity, and abundance. And I don't think it's – it's definitely not a coincidence that sensuality and abundance are intertwined so closely. Like, the more sensuality we can cultivate, the more kundalini energy we can cultivate, the more abundance we see in all areas of our life. Like, a magnet attracting life to us. Like, increasing that feminine attraction Power.
1: Yeah, yeah, because the more you move energy, you create you create this I like to say traction creates attraction. Mm -hmm. So like the more you move energy, it creates this swirl. Yeah. And that swirl then it creates a momentous like pulling in on it pulls in because it's like a current. It's almost like if you know when people are like if you watch a current going down, you know, when you're in your tub and you let the water out how the water um, once it starts to funnel down to the drain, it starts to pull everything down towards it. Like it'll pull your toys or pull anything you have in the water because it's moving. That energy is like a vortex. Yeah, It's like a vortex. So mm-hmm. once you, the more you raise your chi or your kundalini, you create this vortex internally that draws in mm-hmm. things. And then you, that's, and that can be done through sexual energy. Totally. Yeah, like, that's, a, that's a form of it or a pathway for that.
0: You know, and on the micro, that's that drain going down a tub. On the yeah. macro, that's like the, The planets, yeah, and like the universe, literally spinning around in this vortex.
1: Yes, it's
0: so cool. The eye of the tornado. Yes, yeah, I just love. You see that
1: pattern everywhere. You see a lot of it, like a hurricane, the eye of a hurricane, a tornado, or um, a swirl. Like the uh, there's some type of like a seashell that has like this geometric pattern that has the, um, think it's Fibonacci sequence.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: Fibonacci sequence. So it's it's all related fractals um there's all kind of things that just show how that that swirl of energy is everywhere mm-hmm. and totally we always have access to it no yeah. one has a cap over it no one is more masterful than others they're just maybe put more reps into it you can mm-hmm. say but like you're just as you you have just as much capacity to master at a certain level mm-hmm. as anyone else
0: yeah Yeah. And I think that the more we see the connections between the micro and the macro scales of life, the more we see that we are actually everything, like a part of the earth is just like a larger or a smaller, a more micro or macro expression of ourselves. I think the deeper we can understand like how to navigate the rules of the world, like why we're here, like we can just see that. Oh, wow. It's so interesting. that. Um, a mother gives birth to a baby in the same way that maybe Mother Earth was mm-hmm. brought here, mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of like blowing that up into bigger and bigger things. We can understand how this universe is expanding and contracting together, like the breath.
1: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's all related. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure.
0: Cool. So, if you if somebody was interested in And obviously, this is not common across the world. Being in an open relationship is definitely not in America, at least it's definitely not the status quo right now. And if somebody is either interested in exploring it, or they're in a current relationship already, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they're like, "This isn't working. Like, I have this desire to explore, but I don't want to hurt my partner." What would you? What would your advice be? What would you do?
2: Yeah.
0: Now again, this is. You know, we're not experts in this space, right, per se, but we've experienced it, yep. which means we have enough knowledge. You know, Anthony has enough knowledge, we'll say. Yep. <laughs> I'm not putting myself in this category, but.
1: Well, it's, I would definitely do some research. I have to actually, I have a couple of books that I would recommend, but also beyond this, the books, start to have conversations about what does it look like to establish standards of trust, vulnerability, and authenticity. And transparency. And this could be done in a setting where you talk about some of the things that you want to have established in the relationship as it relates to those, those four areas. Like, what is the look? I want a partner. I, I want to have a partner that has this level of vulnerability. I want to have a partner that communicates like this. I want to, I feel like I'm in a trusting relationship when these kind of things happen. So you write it down and you put it out there to establish the alignment for what you want in your relationship, and this could take some time because as you go through relationship, you'll get a better idea of what works for you and what Mm. doesn't. Now think about this relationships, and that's not in that. Think about relationships, and and it's not unique to being in a multi partner relationship. Is that those areas are important? They're core foundations no matter if you're monogamous or if you're you know, with more than one person. And I did want to add one more thing about abundant love. Abundant love is not unique to just multiple people. You can be an abundant lover and be monogamous. You can be an abundant lover and be um, uh, whatever, asexual. You can be anything. It's not necessarily the sexual um, orientation, so to speak. It's more so the way in which you come into the space okay. of sexual intimacy. You see what I mean? So abundant abundance, the abundant love concept is that we – are creating the abundance from the space from which we come into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can be an abundant lover. You can still, you know, create, manifest, and heal in a monogamous mm-hmm. relationship.
2: Yeah.
1: But our choice is to have with more than one person, more than more than one couple, so that it, it's just magnified.
0: Mm.
1: Is, does that make sense? Yeah. So,
0: how, what would that look like in a? Uh, like not in a relationship, what do you mean like what would that look like? so
1: you could set intentions for your own like that just community. creating
0: abundance yeah. in general
1: yeah you can set you can set intentions for your own self um intimacy ah, um, yeah yeah you can okay. set intentions for yourself you can even write standards for yourself mm. so and it's great to have actual individual standards before you even come into a relationship or at least do them you know in a relationship with somebody mm. that's great to have your own because me and Erica have couple standards and we also have individual standards that we hold ourselves personally to which align and synergize with our couple standards
2: mm, yeah yeah
1: so it's, it's just it's, cool. it's more magnified and it's we're just we're like we're on point with things yeah and again it's not it's not perfect but it this it gives us something to pull ourselves back towards our center if we get off yeah Because everybody gets off is this how quickly do you get back to your center so that you, you stay on being sustained and in harmony with everything.
0: And what are the books that you would recommend?
1: Uh, okay, so there's a book called the um The Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity by Daniel Reed and Manantia. Also, yeah,
2: like Manantia,
1: He also has a, a slew of books mm. that he really taught. He really um educates and coaches people about the cultivation of sexual energy through a number of different mindfulness practices, a number of things, like all kind of things. So. Any books, any books from him. Um, there was an author. Her name is Deborah Annapool. She passed a couple years ago, but she she wrote a book called um, If I can quote it accurately, it's called Polyamory: The New Age of Love or the New um, Paradigm of Love, something like that. It's a purple book. You can find it on Amazon or any book site. And she really got down to some very Um, detailed, some very amazing best practices to um, incorporate into your relationship. And a lot of these best practices are from her personal relationships and things she would recommend. And she pretty much nails a lot of the, the most common things that come up. And even before I even really got deep into my relationship with Erica, like, when I read these things, like, as I got, excuse me, as I got deeper into my relationship with Erica, I started seeing these things like, wow, this is surreal. She just literally called out, this is probably going to happen. This is probably going to happen. <laughs> this is probably And she's like, it's nothing personal. It's just like, there's a certain pattern of growth that happens when you're in a certain model of, of relating that's common. It's not guaranteed, but it's common that it will come up. Like, everybody's going to have an argument. Doesn't matter if you're with. Four people, one person, five people—it doesn't matter. Everybody's gonna have an argument. Everybody's gonna have some type of breakdown about communication. Somebody's gonna have a, a breakdown about uh, confrontation. There's gonna be something like that's that's across the board. Yeah. And all those are necessary, actually. So breakdowns are necessary. So I would say embrace the fact that you're gonna have breakdowns, and on the other side of that, you're gonna have some amazing breakthroughs
2: <sighs> if you choose
1: to look at that. Mm-hmm breakdown as a blessing
2: mm, like it's yeah. something
1: great for you because it's like you have a breakdown in your body your muscles break down when you work out to build up to break through to get to become more conditioned to become more um fit to become more you know have more endurance so you have to go through that and it will be uncomfortable it will be painful sometimes but you'll make you'll be fine if this part of it and you have to embrace that because that's that's the beautiful divine contrast of life: is that pain and suffering, love and joy, they're all one of the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're all one of the same, but it's just okay. the mind fragments it and say, "No, that's that, that's that, that's that, that's this." It's all energy.
0: Yeah, and we put judgments and labels of emotions, absolutely, on, like reality on the present moment. Yep, we determine what we feel about the present moment. And one mm-hmm. person could have one feeling, one person could have another, yep. and so we may experience it as painful when other. Someone else might experience as pleasurable. Yep. Like, oh, it's raining. Oh, this is great. Or, oh, this sucks. Yep. Even something like rain can be interpreted so differently.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's just the way you look at it in that moment. It's your paradigm. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's the lens in which you examine your life.
0: Yeah. And now in this book, was there an actual sequential series of different things? Or was it almost like scenarios?
1: Scenarios? There's scenarios. More so scenarios. Okay. Um, because it's you. your relationship is going to be organic. Yeah. And so, I mean, you could, I, I would say you can try, I would say definitely have, if this something you're interested in and your partner's interested in, first of all, it needs to be something that you're both interested in for it to work long-term. Because yeah. if one person is wanting to have a relationship where they can explore and experience more than one intimate partner, and the other doesn't. then that's kind of like, yeah. that's <laughs> a deal breaker right here. That's, <laughs> that's not going to
0: work. That, in that
1: moment, that's not going to work unless there's some type of like agreement that, we revisit this area at some point and that we continue to cultivate our one-on-one experience together. Yeah. Cause I definitely feel it's very valuable to have a strong monogamous relationship with your partner first, because if it's not as together, when you start to open it up with others, it's going to magnify what's not like together, what's not gelling. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's okay because it'll give you opportunities. It, it's going to bring it out quicker. Mm -hmm. It's going to bring it out in a much more like amplified way.
0: And even if you have to deconstruct some of those belief systems Mm -hmm. that were already created,
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because you know, you can enter the relationship immediately saying. Okay, we're going to be exploring other options, mm-hmm. or you can build the foundation of a monogamous a monogamous relationship and then move into that paradigm.
1: Yeah, there's there's many ways to you know skin the cat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if, yeah. it's
1: just you just I think um, it's important that you do have a strong trust within each other first. Trust is the heat, the biggest, and that's the thing that Deborah Ennepol points out in her book that trust is mm-hmm. the most important ingredient like you and you always have to be working on keeping like renewing the trust yeah building it massaging it like enhancing it always Mm. all those things are that's one area that has to be consistently like oiled yeah (laughs) you have to keep oiling the trust machine
0: and you know one point that i want to make is the reason that i wanted to do this podcast isn't to show people oh yeah this is like a just have sex with anybody type of thing. This is super intentional. And for me, this was one of the biggest personal growth tools. I'll call it Mm -hmm. that I explored in my life that helped me understand a deeper level of connection. And it helped Mm -hmm. me understand attachment theories and it helped me understand different levels of love and acceptance and trust and Mm -hmm. openness and communication Mm -hmm. that I think was so healthy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and it's a it's a great tool. It's a great it's a great um relationship paradigm that really can really give you a lot of uh, access to more of yourself if you're navigating it in the way that's intentional and healthy and um where you get feedback too. You know, it's important yeah. to get feedback. So a big part of what helps our relationships sustain is our community that we have called the Your Day Balance Game. And so it's a health and fitness community powered by love and balance. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole other podcast. Cool that <laughs> that because that's a huge, that is, I would say that is the main engine source that keeps us sustained as far as the community and collective support and energy and what a lot of our own like impact roots from. You know, being in in being a community that is co-created together, Mm -hmm. and so we always come into this space that we come into this union from a co in a co-created paradigm. Like no one is we all we're all co-creators here. Yeah. So that allows us to minimize being a victim to what happens on the other side of a choice or Mm -hmm. an interaction, because on some level, any outcome from a choice you are part of creating that even if you don't see it directly yeah you are a co-creator of it Mm -hmm. and when you accept that you actually are empowered and you don't feel like oh it's the government's fault oh it's my parents fault oh it's that relationship i had 20 years Mm -hmm. ago i never did this and that's because of that no you can fully own like you know what on some level I created this. Yeah. And it's okay. And it's I can like create something new.
0: Yeah. It's like stepping out of victimhood. Like life is happening to me. Yes. And it's that owning the responsibility and be like, no, it's happening for me in yeah. some way. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. cool. Anthony. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. This yeah. This is great. I
1: haven't had a this level of depth uh, this conversation in a while, mm. but I do have these conversations with people. It doesn't always go as, as, as deep.
0: Yeah. So. Totally. Awesome. And if you love this podcast, go ahead and give it a review, give it a like, go ahead and subscribe. We love you guys. Thanks for listening.